Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios in downtown Milwaukee, it's Wisconsin's Midday News, making stories come to life. Now, here are your hosts, Jessica Ty, and in for Greg Matzik, it's Eric Bilstad. Thanks for joining us, Eric. Day one, Greg had a vacation. And you know what? When you schedule a vacation a year in advance, right, things happen that, and you, right? you still have to go. <laughs> so Greg will be with us on Wednesday. And, and thank you so much because you were on vacation last week. So very I very much so appreciate you being here for my first day. Happy to be here. Welcome aboard. So today we've got the three big things That's right. that we start off with. New legislative maps. This is breaking today. Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers signs new district maps into law you put the pen to paper. This is an important day and historic day for our state and for every person who calls Wisconsin home. So they did this uh, before a large crowd this morning in Madison, and Jessica ramped up. Today, Wisconsinites, I'm enacting fair maps for the great state of Wisconsin. <laughs> All right. Whoa, yeah, rambunctious crowd. <laughs> and there you have it. They were very excited uh, to... Uh, Put in what they believe are fair maps. Right. I think a lot of people also just woo, excited to top, stop talking about Let's the maps. Let's be done with this. Right? <laughs> it's just uh, the fatigue. Yeah. yeah. These are the maps that the governor proposed. Republicans passed it in order to avoid right. the Supreme Court drawing the lines. They really didn't want that to happen. But Governor Evers said he wanted fair maps. That has always been the key word here, not maps that are better for one party or the other. He talked about Wisconsin being a purple state. You know, hey, we're not red, we're not blue, we're purple, and our maps should reflect that. Uh, so what does this mean moving forward? These maps will be in place come November for the election, and Democrats are likely to gain seats in the state assembly and the state senate because of it. Number two of three big things. What's the difference between a coward and a hero. It's how you deal with fear. Yes, it dropped today. The Giannis Attentacupo documentary on Amazon Prime. It's called Giannis, The Marvelous Journey. It's going to be so nice to actually sit down and see this because we know Giannis's story here. I yep. mean, especially Bucks fans. Uh, a lot of people read the book, too. I'm still in the midst of reading it. Yeah. <laughs> I take it on, like, vacations I go. still need to finish it, though. But so we know Giannis's story, and it's an incredible one. But I think it's different to actually see it on the big screen right. and, and to really see it come to life. Mm -hmm. So pretty neat to see this again. It's, it's again, just giving you another reason to fall in love with this guy and with right? his family and there's some remarkable stuff they talk about in this documentary about his father and and why Giannis d does some of the things he does now so it very moving it's worth it's worth the uh, couple of hours there and coming up at noon at, later on we will have a little bit more of that as well you'll have some new sound and you'll hear more from that trailer that just dropped today number 3 for the three big things Summerfest out with a new announcement today. Goo Goo Dolls will headline the BMO Pavilion with Miller Lite. That's Saturday, June 22nd. So if you're a Goo Goo Dolls fan, mark it on your calendar. Tickets for reserve seating, you know, they have that for the, the BMO oh, Pavilion. Yeah. So those go on sale Friday. You know what I love about this? It just makes you feel like summer's not that far right, away. Yeah. And Summerfest, they're doing it differently now. It's, yeah, I'm still getting used to that idea. They do it in these different weekends, but it's great. So yeah. if you think about Goo Goo Dolls, you actually went to a concert, didn't you? <laughs> I, saw, I saw the Goo Goo Dolls at the Iowa State Fair. Gin Blossoms opened for them. It was like 20-some years ago. So that's when they were just coming oh, to Oh, yeah, me. they were hot. 
They were hot. They were hot. Oh, yeah. Well, Iris, that's a big popular one. That was number one in the Hot 100 for 18 weeks straight. That's a long time. It became popular again on TikTok recently because TikTok does that with the music. It brings these these older (laughs) songs back. And then, you know, the younger kids are like, what is it? Oh, that sounds good. Okay. Um, It was also number one for the top 40 song of the last 20 years. Iris by the Goo Goo Dolls. We now know Goo Goo Dolls headlining the BMO Pavilion with Miller Lite on Saturday, June 22nd. Big announcement from Summerfest today. Reaction is now coming in after Wisconsin State Senator Chris Larson announced plans to push for tougher penalties for people convicted of driving under the influence, even first-time offenders. He wants a device in their cars that can detect alcohol, those ignition interlock systems. The effort has not worked in the past, but will it this time? Wisconsin State Senator Chris Larson joins us live on the phone right now. Good morning, Senator. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Great. Hey, before we get into this, because I know this is uh, very passionate for you, I want to ask you about the maps because Governor Tony Evers just signed him. It's breaking news. We've got you on the phone right now. What is your reaction to Governor Tony Evers signing these new maps into law? Yeah, look, I, I voted against it. Most of the Democrats voted against it. We'll see uh, at this point if the Republicans try more shenanigans and take it to another uh, uh, venue in the courts. Um, but, you know, these maps are going to be the law. This is what I'll run under. I look forward to uh, introducing myself to the new constituents that I've got, and uh, they're going to be a whole lot fairer than what we've had in Wisconsin for the last 12 years. So I think we're going to see a shift in priorities, um, including on the bill that we're talking about, which uh, the governor had in his budget originally and was pulled out by Republicans. But bottom line, they are law now indeed. All right, so let's get back to the ignition interlock devices. They are required for some offenders in Wisconsin. Who are those people, and why do you feel that that's simply not enough? Yeah, right now in Wisconsin, if you um, are pulled over for drunk driving and convicted and your blood alcohol content is 0.15 or higher, which is about double the legal limit, or if it's a second offense, again, upon conviction or higher, uh, second, third, fourth, et cetera, then you have to have an ignition interlock device installed on any vehicle that you operate uh, for a period of one year thereafter. So what this law would do, uh, the proposed law, would change that so it's upon all convictions, including first-time offenses. Um, and I think a big problem is right now we have a, a pretty bad drinking and driving culture in the state where the word has gotten around um, most of the bars that uh, if you get pulled over, it's a slap on the wrist. It's a moving violation, right? Uh, you basically can just pay a fee and never have to think about it again. And it, that shows in our, our reoffense rates where one in six drivers go on to reoffend. Um, and some of them, or sorry, one in three go on to reoffend. Um, and it shows that there's a, a habitualness to this. And that word is spreading that people are, are, are not going to get in trouble if they're drinking and driving. And that Wisconsin doesn't take it seriously. And we can change that. We should change that. Lives are at stake. This will be your seventh try to get this done. Why do you believe it hasn't happened in the past, and why do you think you can get it done this time? I mean, I think there's a lot of momentum in just letting the status quo ride. Uh, What's frustrating is that every cycle there's new advocates who join me in speaking out to try and get something done. I I lost a friend to drunk driving back when I was in high school. That's why it's passionate for me. A a repeat offender was on the road all wrong way traffic should not have been out there at all 
and you hear this over and over. You heard about it right before Christmas up in Green Bay where an entire family was killed by a wrong way repeat drunk driver. Uh, it happened down in Kenosha where an entire generation of a family uh, was lost in one afternoon because of a, a drunk driver who had already been called in. And the fact is, every two hours in the state of Wisconsin, someone is either killed or hurt uh, on average uh, by an impaired driver. So if we're not out here protecting, if lawmakers are not out here protecting people uh, from things that we can fix and this works in other states, then you know, what are we doing? State Senator Chris Larson joining us on Wisconsin's Midday News. Uh, Senator, it's Eric. Uh, for, how do these work as far as sometimes they're in there only for a year, sometimes longer? You, mm-hmm. Is someone handed one of these and then they can install it themselves? Or is that something that takes a long time to be able to to install? It, it, we're, we're, whose onus is it for to pay for this? How would that all get worked out? Sure, sure, Eric. Yeah, the and I think that there's a there's there's a, uh, the the thought that this is like you know your old uncle's uh, ignition interlock device where you blow in the tube, run it, right. you know, and go in the bar, drink, and then come out and you're 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 good to go. That, that's not the case anymore. These are installed professionally, monitored professionally. If you blow a negative, that is that shows up on there. Uh, there is a piece of it that verifies your identity, so you can't have your ride along blowing into the tube for you. Um, and it does trigger it every so often while you're driving. Initial one to start it, and then another one five minutes later. And these are not like your, your drunk uncle's um, devices where it is a complex uh, thing that you need to do. You have to blow, suck, blow, hum, to show that it's actually a human being who is doing this. Uh, and again, if that fails, then the car shuts off. Uh, and if you fail to start it a few times, it'll just shut down, and then your car won't work for uh, a period from uh, 5 to 15 minutes. Um, they're on for a year. It is monitored by a court, um, and that is paid for by the offender. Of course, there is options for people who are of hardship uh, to be able to have a, a court uh, 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 relieve that for you. Senator, real quickly here, because we're running out of time, how powerful is the Wisconsin Tavern League in 2024? And have you talked to the Tavern League members in your district? What are they saying about this renewed effort? No, I mean, look, the Tavern League has, has literally never shown up in my office. I think maybe maybe one time, a long time ago, for lobbying efforts. I, I don't think they have the same strength and energy. And frankly, with, with many people recognizing this, this works in other states. Um, most other states have better drunk driving laws than we do, I think. It's just a matter of, of having a consequence of saying, you know what, uh, if you're going to drink, do not get behind the wheel of a vehicle, right? Um, plan a lift, plan an Uber, take a mass transit, plan on getting a ride. Uh, but too many people are just not making that decision. Um, and frankly, I think that uh, I think the Tavern League doesn't have the same strength and energy. We are seeing more and more co-sponsors every time we introduce these. And at some point, they are finally going to pass. Um, the same way they have in just about every other state in the country. Yeah, it is so easy these days with Uber and Lyft, and even if you're downtown to take the hop or take a bus, so easy these days to make the right decision. Thank you so much, Wisconsin State Senator Chris Larson, joining us live this afternoon on Midday. Siding Unlimited, WTMZ News Time, 1123.
music puts a little spring in your step, doesn't it? Love that. This is Jessica Ty on Wisconsin's Midday News. Greg Matzik is on vacation for two days as we kick off this new show. But joining me is Eric Bilstad, so I appreciate it. Thank Happy you. to be here. Thank you for having me. Appreciate I was it. just saying that music puts a spring in your step. You know what else does? The spring temps coming up. <laughs> Again, yeah. I love that. TMJ4. Meteorologist Tyler Moore joins us to give us a look ahead at the week. Tyler, I'm, I'm so excited that we are done with that wicked wind that we had, especially downtown, over the weekend. What's on tap for uh, this week? Oh, isn't that wind awful when it blows in the middle of winter? I mean, there's something to be said about that whole saying, you know, the Midwest. Oh, it's not too bad when it's 40 degrees, as long as there's no wind. Yeah, it's yes, the wind. but the, um, wind, the wind, Tyler. The wind. Yeah. It's, it's, al- it's always the wind in wintertime. Especially some of those wind tunnels downtown. I know when I'm taking the dog out, whoo, you get in one of those wind tunnels and it's just brutal. Yeah, yeah, it gets you. And you know, this winter, we've been so spoiled. You know, it, it's crazy when we get one of those 20 degree days and the wind blows and it feels like the teens. It makes it feel like we're, we've become soft all of a sudden, apparently, <laughs> living here in Milwaukee this winter. So, Tyler, we're a little short on time, but what's the highlight of the week as far as which day is going to be the warmest? Yeah, you know, I think the best days are, you know, Tuesday and Wednesday. Uh, we'll see high temperatures, upper 40s, lower 50s, and, and some sunshine mixing in there, too. Uh, and then just a little bit cooler by Friday. Um, but overall, a really nice stretch of weather this week, a lot of 40s and 50s. We are not used to this in middle of February. How odd is this? I know every once in a while we get a, a nice day or so, but um, to have a stretch like this seems odd. Yeah, this is, it's really rare. I mean, we've only had 10 days this winter with high temperatures at or below freezing. Uh, we normally average about 46 of those days below freezing. So pretty crazy. We're running 7.3 degrees above average for winter. It's the second warmest start to February on record. So yeah, we're talking about record warm temperatures this winter. Ah, fantastic. We are going to appreciate that warmth coming up later this week. Thank you so much, meteorologist Tyler Moore from TMJ4. He's going to be with us every Monday just to give you a look ahead at the the week weather-wise. So we appreciate it. Talk to you next week, Tyler. 1127, time now for news about your money. The WDTMJ Annex Wealth Management Market Update. The market's closed today because of President's Day. It's a great time for your retirement and investment strategy review from a fee-only fiduciary. Go to AnnexWealth.com and click the Get Started button now. everyone, Jessica Ty here. I am one of the new hosts for the lineup. We've got quite a few fantastic hosts, so I'm happy to be with you today. I know some of you know me from my TV days here, seven years uh, at the CBS affiliate yeah, yeah. in town. Uh, we actually, we have Kristen Bry coming on as That's well right. later in the show, so you'll get to meet her. We have Eric Bilstad. Man, you've had a long day today. Ah, Thank okay. you. <laughs> Happy Greg, to do it. Happy to do it. Greg Matzik is right. my co-host, but he's on vacation for today and tomorrow. So you know what? It's a well-deserved vacation. You well, got to take them. Uh, yeah, when you got to take them when you can get them, right? So that's what you do. Um, so a couple of things. We were talking to Tyler Moore this past past what half hour, last ten or fifteen minutes ago, and he's from uh, Storm Team Four, and he was saying that we have another warm week, right? So we have. A high of 52 on Wednesday, have a high of 50 on Thursday. Tomorrow's going to be fairly mild as well, a high of 47. So like every day this week is mild and balmy. 
And oftentimes when that happens, it makes it a lot more difficult to be able to do things, anything outside the remarkable when it comes to snow. So all of the snow hills have been struggling with this, um, whether they're north of here or south of here, that's been an issue and elsewhere. And it seems to be a problem as well up north at the American Birkenbiner, where they're making changes this week. It's a huge week for the Berkey. That's the international contest, the international cross-country skiing contest. And it's just right now they're making changes just so they can make sure they can have something go off today. Yeah, this is a big year for the Berkey. It's the 50th anniversary. And this is the country's largest cross-country ski race. Mother Nature, though, as you were mentioning, has not been cooperative in fact, it's uh, shocking we can even have the races here, if you really think about it, because when was the last time we had significant snow? At all? I don't really remember. <laughs> last year, especially I mean, up north. It just hasn't It hasn't been, and then it seemed like we the snow we had became dirty and then just went away. <laughs> so joining us now on Wisconsin's Midday News is Executive Director Ben Pop of the Berkabiner. Hello, Ben. How you doing? I know you've got a busy time, Ben. This is this is pretty wild, everything you're dealing with. We've been asking, where's the snow? But meanwhile, here come spring temps later this week. So what have you done to give skiers the snow up in northwestern Wisconsin? Yeah, you know, ski racing, northern Wisconsin right now, boy, not a lot of it. However, I tell you what, the team did an amazing job. We made over a 1,000 dump trucks of snow back in January when it was really cold. They deployed it last week with... Again, over a thousand dump truck loads and built over a ten kilometer ski trail to host the world right here in northern Wisconsin come later this week. What's the normal route and how are you guys changing it? Because you really have to get creative here, even just with event scheduling. Yeah, well, that's just it. I mean, you're going to bring over 15,000 skiers when you include the kids, plus another 15 or 20,000 spectators in a small rural community. It just is bustling. And so now, Normally, you're going to start in the small community of Cable, Wisconsin, head down to Hayward. And now we're completely concentrated on one place in Cable, Mount Telmark Village, where now it's going to almost be comical but kind of exciting. They built this trail out around um, with this machine-made snow. And, again, you can't, of course, put all 13,000 skiers on one 10-kilometer trail at once. And so it's spreading the week of events out starting on Wednesday all the way through Sunday and it's going to be something when you bring the best skiers in the world, like Jesse Diggins, yeah. all the way to those that might be going a little bit slower uh, and um, and everything in between. This isn't the first time the Berkey has dealt with bad weather. I was kind of looking up some of your history, and it's fascinating. Crummy conditions for the ski race go back, what is it now? It'd be That was 1981, so that'd be 43 years. The, the bikini Berkey back in 1981, <laughs> what was that all about? I know, right? Exactly. I mean, this is it. I mean, in our minds, we have what the Berkebiner is, this iconic race from Cable to Hayward. But at the end of the day, as you start to look back to the history, there's been a variety of versions, everything from these sort of open tracks to half races only, a couple cancellations. The Bikini Berkey in 81, which was, by all tales, a great time. I was not there, but uh, it sounded like they built this little trail around Telmark. The elite athletes raced. It was 60 degrees. People were racing in their bikinis, and then... They got a big snowstorm and did it, uh, did it again two weeks later. So it's, I think the idea of really what you're doing is bringing a community together up here in northern Wisconsin, celebrating this active outdoor lifestyle. And at the end of the day, it's street festival meets Super Bowl meets having a great time up here in the Northwoods. It's Berkey Week. American Berkebiner is this week up in the Northwoods. Ben Pop joins us on Wisconsin's Midday News, the executive direct, uh, director of 
the Birkebiner. Ben, I, I don't know if you said this and I missed it, but how do you save snow? <laughs> so you said you stored a bunch of snow and then are using it this week? Yeah, I know. That's exactly what we did. Um, we When it was really, really cold back a little bit in December and in January, we actually blew these huge piles into sort of not only open areas, but anything that's sort of more protected, north-facing. And anytime it sits in these big piles, it's really, really dense. And when it's been sunny and warm, it actually doesn't affect it much. And then you wait till the very end, because originally to put all the snow out was going to take three weeks if, if we really had to do it. And we didn't really think we would. This was just a pipe dream contingency that, oh, it'll eventually snow. And then when it got to such a compressed time period, it was really a race against time and all about unbelievable activation. The county of Bayfield, town of Cable, all these local contractors, dump trucks, excavators, loaders, snowcats. It was like this huge production, building an interstate, if you will. And they got it done in a week. It was crazy. That's awesome. Do you foresee warmer winters becoming more common? Is that something Berkey organizers will always have in their minds now? Yeah, you know, I think it just is. We think that it's such an integral part to our community. It has to happen. And so at the end of the day, we're starting to put in infrastructure, be it, you know, smoother trails, more snowmaking, additional contingencies, realizing that not only snow, you know, we, we, we finish across Lake Hayward, which is part of the Nemecoggin River. So it's even things like ice and frozen ground that are so critical to the race. And, that you know, ultimately, I think just as our climate's changing, we have to realize that we have to change as well and adapt and ensure that this race continues for another 50 years. Ah, well, good luck with the race. A lot of creativity involved to make it all work this year. Ben Pop, executive director of the Berkebiner, the Berkey. Thanks for joining us in midday. Thanks for having me seen up here in the Northwoods soon. Sodden Unlimited, WDTMJ News, time 1145. Isn't this so catchy? I love this song. And over the weekend, I was reading about Giannis's new shoes, ah, yes. then Dame's new shoes, mm-hmm. and then... Former President Donald Trump's new shoes. That's right. And I just thought, oh my gosh, everybody's got a shoe line right now. Uh, and apparently his are very popular. They sold out of them or something. This is wild. So yeah, let, let's start with uh, Donald Trump's shoes first, because that's the more <laughs> unexpected one. You know, Yana sure. shoes, Dame shoes. Okay, we, we expect that. Was not expecting Trump shoes. It's a high top sneaker. They're, they're actually, a lot of people are saying they're pretty stylish and yeah. fresh. They're saying, um, but they sold out within two hours. You know they're on eBay right now, though. They some people are right. some people are selling them for a lot of money, but they're they're gold. That's what I, I noticed. The gold high top. So they're saying bold, gold, and tough, just like President Trump is how they're described mm-hmm. on the website. Some would say <laughs> heck yes, other people would say heck no to that. Um, but yeah, that, that that's just fascinating to me. Genius. But the the Dame shoe is pretty cool, too. It's the Adidas Dame 9 making its debut that happened um, over the weekend with a big all-star weekend. So those are really sharp, too. I mean, he's really big into his shoes. So you think there's any coincidence there that he had a great weekend, by the way? Because of those shoes? Mm, he won the three-point contest. He got the MVP. He was on fire. And I mean, he's had some games where he's been on fire, but obviously we've had a little tough streak here. So I think a lot of us, you know, Bucks fans, I've been a Bucks fan since right. I was a kid, are just thinking that... Hopefully, this is like that extra spark that he needs to just keep yeah. on going. Use it and get some more trajectory. W's. But let me tell you, too, a little bit about um, Giannis' sneaker because I love this. There is a story behind this one. It's the Nike Zoom Freak 5. It's thanks for sharing. 
And some of you will know the story, a lot won't. But Giannis shared, actually it was Thanasis, who shared his shoes with Giannis. So they had one pair of shoes when they were kids wow. playing ball. And so one would go out and practice, put on the shoes, then take them off, and then Giannis would put them on. So that's kind of the idea behind these shoes. One, the, the left one has 43, the other one has 34, so both guys' numbers on them. It says, thanks for sharing. It's just, I just love the story behind that, because it's not just another player coming out with another shoe. This means something right. to these guys. It's, I, the, uh, the shoe market, by the way, is unbelievable. And your son's getting yeah, it on it, too, yeah, my right? my 14-year-old is all hot on it. He, he, he buys and sells shoes. <laughs> How much is he making? Uh, he's made a little bit. He's made a couple hundred bucks, I think. It's nothing dramatic, but it's enough where he's like, it's starting to like pull him in. Like, wow, he can be an entrepreneur because they drop these shoes at different times and there's always so many. Just like the Trump ones, I'm not surprised that they sold out. I guarantee you half of those who bought those shoes aren't buying them because they're necessarily a supporter. Maybe they are. But they're buying them to see if they can make more money. The funny thing is, though, <laughs> they're, they're going to try to resell. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna stand out too when you're wearing them. I mean, gold uh, high tops. Right. <laughs> when was the last time you wore a high top? Oh my gosh, high school maybe. Yeah, I know Converse ones have come back in fashion, but a high top. I haven't had one since I was like five, like a a red Reebok oh, with a man. high top. <laughs> I'm sure. It's, I, I, <laughs> a I know long I had a time pair. ago. <laughs> oh, got some new shoes on today. It is 11:53 on Wisconsin's midday news. Welcome back to Wisconsin's Midday News. She is Jessica Ty. I am Eric Bilstead. I'm filling in for Greg Metz. Greg is back on Wednesday. Jessica, quickly, we got to give away some tickets here. Yeah, let's do it. Always love a good yeah. giveaway. Mm -hmm. Anything free, I love. No matter what <laughs> Why wouldn't you? <laughs> Four tickets to the Milwaukee RV Show could be yours. February 29th to the 3rd at the State Fair Expo Center. Just call right now to the WDTMJ Talk and Text Line. Four tickets to the Milwaukee RV Show. 855-616-1620. Caller number 6. 855-616-1620. All right, so, Jessica, first hour, almost done. Who are you? You're killing it. <laughs> but there are people who I think probably know you and don't realize it, or others who may be hearing you for the first time. You've been filling in admirably. Oh, well, thank for you. For the last several months here on WTMJ. A, a couple days. I think I got, I got, I got a week. I, got, I think I got seven days in there. Well, welcome no, to six. WTMJ. Welcome to the family. <laughs> thank you. I'm happy to be here. This is... This is different, so it's a little nerve-wracking for me to go from TV to radio, yeah. but at the end of the day, it's news, and that's what I've been doing for 17 years, right. um, so it's just a new challenge. I'm excited. I, I love the fact there are so many good people. I mean, you were with me on day one, I the remember. first day I did yeah. some freelance work for you guys. We had breaking news. That was the day Herb Cole passed away, mm -hmm. um, and then I was with Greg on day two, and it just... It just worked. Yeah. I think I, I was definitely more nervous today than I was even for those days. It's different when you're you're booking all when the guests and, <laughs> yeah. and you've got all this other stuff behind the scenes that you're doing, too. And it's like, oh, OK, we're on air. Well, so now uh, how long you were at 58 for a while, right? But you you were elsewhere before you were at CBS 58. I was here in Milwaukee at the CBS affiliate for seven years. Yeah. Uh, so uh, a lot of people know me from the morning show mm -hmm. there. And then I also in I also did uh, on WMLW, which okay. is the sister station, I did a community fair show called Racine and Me. So there are a lot of people who will be familiar with me from that as well. But before, I was in the Quad Cities along the Iowa and Illinois border along the beautiful Mississippi River. Ah, yes. I was there also doing morning news. I, I got up at like 2 in the morning or 1.30 <laughs> in the morning for, what was it, 14 Oof. years. Oof. Woo! 
that alarm clock is rough. Yeah. So I, you know, took a little time to fill up my sleep tank. Well, see, now here you're working in the middle of the day. Your life is good, right? I know. Yeah, it is nice to sleep in a little, a little bit longer. Also, lacrosse. So okay. a lot of viewers up there, um, listeners, checking that area out. That was beautiful. I was there for a few years as well. And then my first gig out of college was West Virginia. I graduated from Indiana University. And then two days later, my dad and I packed up my stuff and my little green Chevy Cavalier back go. in the day. We, we went to the mountains and I was working three days later. So it was, it was nonstop news for 17 years in TV. And now this is a new chapter with radio. Yeah. So I'm excited. It's something different. Well, we couldn't be happier to have you. Welcome aboard to Wisconsin's Midday News with Greg Matzik. And I'm sure we'll learn much, much more about you in the days to follow. Did you like that song? I did. That was good. Yeah, there you uh, go. You. Not bad. <laughs> I won't going. sing anymore. No, no, That's the last going. time, I promise 11 you 11.58. Live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios in downtown Milwaukee, it's Wisconsin's Midday News, making stories come to life. Now, here are your hosts, Jessica Ty, and in for Greg Matzik, it's Eric Bilstad. Thanks for joining us at noon, everyone. Now at noon, here in Wisconsin, we have the lowest weekly grocery bill of any state. Did you see this? JS Online today? I was shocked. I said, no way. <laughs> I was going to say, what are the parameters here? Because I don't know if I believe that. Okay, so looking at some <laughs> census data here. Oh, and by the way, if you think about it, I think the reason we say no way, right, is because the prices at the grocery store right now. Grocery prices jumped right. 17% since the pandemic. Mm -hmm. And then if you add on top of that, if you're in Milwaukee County with the new taxes that we have in yep. and, and food and beverage, man, it, it's getting expensive. It adds up. The average American family, this is according to the census data, spends $270 a week. So think about your family hmm. and your grocery shopping and the bills. Does that seem on par for uh, your family? If you have a family with kids, so Eric, yeah, $331 I was going to say, mine is definitely more than 270 I think. But we are still the lowest across the country, and that boggles my mind. I was at the Metro Market in downtown Milwaukee yesterday, and I wasn't even going for my big day at the yeah, grocery store yeah. this was okay i got a big week coming up you know new gig here let's just get some fresh stuff in the house sure. and whatever i can for a couple <laughs> a couple dinners okay, you're being proactive that's good yeah and that was like 120 dollars. again not the big one and, and i use some coupons why not so click those coupons if you can folks that's an interesting uh idea there too because i have not seen a coupon in a grocery store in a long time I oh you haven't i can't I... recall someone pulling any coupons out <laughs> Well, you have not seen me. I haven't seen you. You're right. No, I started to do that during the pandemic when you had a little bit more time, and it really can add up. And then you hmm. use it more often. They send you, it's like, okay, save $2 on berries. I mean, think about how much raspberries okay. and blueberries are these days. Um, some other fun facts from that. Wisconsin buys more milk and beer products than other states. No surprise there, though. We just have to, right? That's part of the deal. Beer and milk. <laughs> but then this one, uh, this one kind of surprised me. Wisconsin families don't buy as much seafood or prescriptions. We don't buy prescriptions. Well, we do buy them. We just don't buy as many as the other states. Mm. So th that was kind of odd healthier? to me. <laughs> uh, yeah. So anyways, but yeah, bottom line, here in Wisconsin, we have the lowest weekly grocery bill of any state. I guess I guess it makes you feel a little bit better when you go to check out next time and you see your bill. Yeah, eh, right, maybe, yeah, maybe, maybe, not. maybe not. This is Wisconsin's <laughs> Midday News. She is Jessica Ty. I'm Eric Bill, set in for Greg Matzik. This is the Now at Noon 
Number two. Number two. Let's go ahead with the new legislative maps. This is big. This is breaking news this afternoon. Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers signing new district maps into law. So bottom line, he put the pen to the paper, finally did it. This is an important day and historic day for our state and for every person who calls Wisconsin home. My favorite part about the event this morning wasn't even anything that was said. It was just the crowd getting all ramped up. These maps reflect the will of the people. Let's ride. <laughs> Let's ride. <laughs> they really get into it. I'll give you one more just because they, I, they were. I think this is the one I, I like. Today, Wisconsinites, I'm enacting fair maps for the great state of Wisconsin. <laughs> I mean, that is wild. That's like your kid getting the game winning goal or right, something. Right. <laughs> not the governor signing into law these new legislative maps but we have been talking about this for a long time honestly i think there's some people who are going to be clapping just for the fact that we actually got this done now but not everybody's happy about this republican assembly speaker robin voss i was checking out what he's saying and this is a quote from him it he says it pains me to say it but governor evers gets a huge win today speaker voss uh worried that the legislature will be up for grabs with these new maps one other statement, I thought this was very creative. You know me, I, I, I really appreciate the uh, law, strongly worded press releases that are oftentimes written by uh, our state lawmakers. Here's one. This is from uh, State Senator Van Wangard, a Republican there, of course, weren't happy that they had to go through this process. He says it was a matter of choosing to be stabbed, shot, poisoned, or led to the guillotine. We Ooh. chose to be stabbed so we can live to fight another day. Wow. And there that, you have That's it. a little intense. Number three of the now at noon. What's the difference between a coward and a hero? It's how you deal with fear. It's been dropped. The Giannis story. Giannis, the marvelous journey documentary is out now on Amazon Prime. It dropped this morning. And from everything I can see, it's remarkable. Some of what we learn and hear about his family. It is just so neat. I heard Vince Vetrano on Wisconsin's Morning News saying he, he got to see it early. Yeah. And he said, I got the shivers so many times. Right. And I appreciate that because I, I always say, oh, gosh, they gave me the goosebumps. Um, and we love Giannis here. I mean, who knew when we first acquired him, we got him, that we would be praising him this much i mean this guy is not only is he good on the basketball court but he's just a good human being he's a fun guy you have to love to cheer from him and to hear his family story in a different way a lot of us know the story but to see it on Mm -hmm. the big screen that's really powerful And by the way like he you mentioned his family like he's super tight with his family when he came here he was 18 years old i interviewed him at Summerfest, like days after the draft and he you could tell he's just a deer in headlights like i don't know where in the world I am. Right. Uh, hello. He, you know, his English wasn't nearly as good as it's gotten now. And he was like miserable enough where he wasn't even sure if he was going to be able to stay playing basketball because he was 18 years old. None of the players were friendly with him, but they didn't like hang out afterward. Like he was 18 by himself in a new city, in a new country, without any of his family. Well, and that's key by himself, because I think there was a time where he thought, I'm not going to stay. I mean, he is so close to his family that he truly needed his family here. When you said deer in headlights, though, and, and talking about when we first got him, 
it, it makes me remember the reporters, like deer in headlights when you first saw his oh, name. Yeah. Like, <laughs> <laughs> how, in the how, world? how do you say this? I remember a sports guy, Kevin Holden, actually. I think that next morning he wrote on our desk, like to try to give you a little, a little piece of paper as to how you would say it. But now Giannis Antetokounmpo just rolls off your tongue, right? That is the now at noon. This is a special feature that's going to run every day on Wisconsin's Midday News. Yeah, we got the three big things at 11. We got now at noon, basically just taking a look at some of the big stories of the day. Sometimes it's the major news headlines, like Governor Evers signing into law, the mm. new map. Sometimes uh, it can be something fun, like Summerfest announcement with the Goo Goo Dolls today, or one that's just a talker with the grocery bills. Or perhaps someday it's someone participating in a game show. That story next on Siding Unlimited. WDTMJ News Time is 1215. Well, hey, ever watch a reality show or a game show and think, man, it would be fun to be a contestant? A Muskego man got that chance. Dawson Addis is on the new version of Deal or No Deal, and it airs one week from today, Deal or No Deal Island. So that's even more fun. You're on an island. Dawson, this is a blast. Tell us, where did you go and, and how did this all come to be? So, yeah, I, uh, I I really don't even know how it came to be, honestly. <laughs> like, it's still so all shocking to me. Um, I applied to be on. It was a reality show that was, like, new, trying to hit the ground running. It was right before the pandemic hit. And, uh, obviously, the pandemic hit. I went through two interview processes and... Didn't hear anything. So five years later, fast forward five years later. Oh, wow. Five years. Yep. And the same casting guy actually reached out to me via Instagram. And he's like, hey, man, I think you're going to be very interested in this show. I think you're going to be a great hit. I remember you. Like, I think it would be a great fit. So I went forward with the application process and hours and hours of interviews. And that pretty much after probably 50 hours of interviews, I finally got the role. I got oh the call. Oh, my gosh. I didn't realize it was that intense. Yeah. So 50 hours of interviews. And then at some point, boom, you're on a plane to Panama? Pretty much. I got the call saying, hey, you got picked. And I was one of the main cast members. And within probably four weeks, I had to get on a flight and go. So it was crunch time. I mean, figuring out my work stuff, who's going to take over my, I mean, clients. Your life bar stuff. here in the yeah, States? literally. In Wisconsin? Yep. In Muskego? Yep. So how do you prep for a show like this? Oh, God. There was a lot of prepping, actually, but it was just sitting and watching TV. <laughs> I never really watched reality TV, so I just binged watch Survivor and Big Brother right before I left just to learn like the social strategy of it because I was told there was a lot of social game. And then, obviously, the physical challenges that it was going to be like a Survivor-like mix. So I got both you know, from Big Brother and Survivor, kind of got an idea of what to do, and then not like big into cardio. So I started trying to like run more and be more and increase my endurance per sure, se, sure. you know, because I knew the challenges were going to be physically intense and uh, yeah. So take us to the Island. Cause a lot of people remember deal or no deal. You got the, the guy with the briefcases yeah. and all the money. Yep. I mean, what take us to the Island? How was it different and what's at stake here? <sighs> so to play the, to play the game of Dealer No Deal on Dealer No Deal Island is we have to retrieve our cases because every night we are going into the temple playing our game of Dealer No Deal. But we, us 13 contestants, have to go out and revive or retrieve these 13, or not 13 cases, uh, just whatever cases are in the sure. game. Okay. Mm -hmm. And during pretty much each challenge throughout you know, the show progressing, the values increase each time and we obviously want to build the highest pot and have the largest numbers in each briefcase when you go up against the banker 
So it's pretty much like dealer no deal, but you're really just retrieving your own cases and the values are bigger than you've ever seen before. And uh takes a lot of work to get there. Your eyes, they're lit up, but I know you can't tell us whether you won or not. What can you tell us that is maybe just kind of bizarre on the island or that surprised or you? Or who you met or anything good. Yeah, the other yeah. contestants. Yeah, yeah, So, you know, going back to the prepping for the show, I watched Survivor, okay? And the Survivor season that I watched was the one that Boston Rob won. And the second that, obviously, we got there and I realized who all these cast members are, he was the only guy I recognized. Oh, okay? he was there on the island. So, of course, I'm just like, this is going to be harder than I expected. You know, I mean, I'm going up against a professional here. I'm going then, up against Boston Rob. Yep, yep. And it was just, <laughs> I, I realized, I was like, this is going to be a lot of trouble, you know, and a big threat for me, too, obviously, you know, because <laughs> I saw how competitive he is in this game and... It just kind of freaked me out. It was definitely a smack in the face. But, and this uh, is life-changing money that you're going after, correct? Life-changing money. Gosh, don't you just want to know? I'm like, please tell us. Please trying tell to us. read his eyes. I know, I am. I am. I'm when does the show premiere again? Uh, next week, Monday, next week? Okay. the 26th at 8.30 awesome. p.m. The first episode is going to be 90 minutes long. And uh, it's going to explain more how the game works because a lot of people have asked me a lot of questions like, how does it work? How does it work? The JS Online article does mention a little bit on how it works, but um, pretty much the challenges and the gameplay get more intense every challenge because the values each challenge are increasing every time. And we're all just trying to build the biggest pot and be the one to go up against the banker for the final round of Deal or No Deal. What is it like to be this guy from Muskego who never thought you'd be on the island in Panama playing Deal or No Deal Island? And then I know when I called you, I was trying to get a hold of you to, to book this interview. Yep. You were watching TV and saw yourself. A commercial came yes. out. What yep. was it? What's it like? It still doesn't even feel real, honestly. I mean, I will be at bars, restaurants, walking through, you know, anywhere. And I see the Deal or No Deal Island commercial and I'm like... That's great. Like, that's literally me, you know, and usually like you just think nothing of a commercial, but now it's like, hey, like that's me. And it's just intensifies everything so much. All right. Well, I'd say good luck, but it already happened. So you don't need it. And he's got a big smile <laughs> on his face. He's got a gleam in his eye. He said a watch know. party for next yeah. Monday night. We, we don't know what he got. Yeah. Is there a watch party? Uh, so not really. It's just going to be with family and friends at home watching oh, it. Oh, well, that's nice. Okay, enjoy it, because that's going to be a special time. What a blast. Dawson Addis from Muskego next week, one week from today, coming up on the new version of Deal or No Deal, Deal or No Deal Island. Coming up on Wisconsin's Midday News, where's the mail? Siding Unlimited, WDTMJ News Time, twelve twenty four. Yes, it is President's Day. Wisconsin's Midday News. I'm Eric Bill. Set him in for Greg Matzik. She is Jessica Ty. Jessica, welcome to WDTMJ. Thank you. I appreciate it. Day one. No mail today. No mail. Uh, no markets. markets are closed. Yep, markets are closed. Sorry, Annex. Not as much traffic. Yeah, not as much. <laughs> right. Uh, did you ha- do you have any commander in chief experiences? Mm, commander in chief experiences. Well, I have interviewed some presidents in the past, which I think some people might say, you know, I mean, it's very cool. Don't get me wrong, but I think as a reporter for nearly two decades, you might expect that. No, sure. Um, and interviewed President Obama when he was running for president, but. Something outside of that, which I think might be more interesting, when I was in the Quad Cities working in news, 
I also lived in an old hotel. It was a historic hotel that they redid. They kind of had this hip and historic was the, the theme of it. Okay. Really neat place. So the top two floors were apartments. And we probably don't have enough time for all this. But bottom line is President Obama, when he was indeed president, stayed at the hotel for a night. He was in town doing his thing. So he and stayed he in the stayed building there. that you were living in. Exactly. So it was wild. I thought that's probably the safest night of sleep I've ever had because you had <laughs> snipers on top of the building. You had snipers on the buildings around you. Yeah. Um, I remember when he came in, there were bomb-sniffing dogs that came before him just to check things out. I know they did background checks on a lot of us. And it was really funny, too, because before it was even announced, I remember we had heard that President Obama was going to be coming into town. and um, But... As what happens, you don't find out the details almost until right. like the day before all the details. So this is weeks ahead of time. And they said the the hotel management said they were going to be redoing the parking lot. And I said, OK, my little senses went up. Something's off here. We just redid the parking lot months ago. It looks fabulous. That's baloney. I thought that's bogus. That's not happening. So I tried to get answers like, is the president coming? Nobody could tell you because <laughs> Secret Service didn't want you to know. But I, I, I said I remember sending in out an email to the newsroom yeah. saying, pretty sure President Obama is going to be here. And indeed he was. Um, and my car, because I was doing early morning news then, everybody had to, the, the parking lot had to be empty. Uh, but because I had to go into work in the middle of the night, at like 2 o'clock in the morning, I got clearance to have oh, my nice. car out there. So you would look outside, there was just my car, my car out there. And the dogs had to go around it and make sure, you, you know, it was okay and... That I wasn't going to do anything. You know? I, I would, it would have been great if you got in the elevator and there he is or something. You're both in the elevator together. So yeah. He was he Mr. was downstairs President. working out because he likes to work out and he was watching sports. I, of course, was hoping that he was watching the local news <laughs> that morning. But I, I had the insiders tell me that he was watching sports, which he tends to do. Time now for news about your money. And as I said, it's President's Day, so the market's closed. The WDTMJ Annex Wealth Management Market Update. It's great time for your retirement and investment strategy review from a fee-only fiduciary. Go to AnnexWealth.com and click the Get Started button now. The Milwaukee Admirals, they just keep on winning. The pro ice hockey team has now won 16 games in a row. And the guys play their next game today. In fact, looking at the clock here, the puck drops less than two hours now. Joining us live in the studio this afternoon is John Greenberg, president of the Milwaukee Admirals. First off, congratulations, John. (laughs) This rocks. Yeah, it's been amazing. Haven't uh, lost a game in 2024, so pretty cool. I was expecting you to stink like you haven't showered since the last (laughs) Oh, no. Just to make sure you stay with... You gave him a whiff? (laughs) (laughs) No, the traditions and the superstitions and all that, I I don't buy into those a whole lot, but uh, uh, yeah, just keep going every night. This isn't just fun. It is historic. Where does this win streak stack up in history? Well, certainly it's an Admiral's record. Uh, once we won our 14th, that became an Admiral's record. Uh, in the history of the league, the American Hockey League, which has been around for more than 80 years, this is the third longest streak. Uh, we are currently tied with the uh, very memorable Baltimore Skipjacks uh, from 1984-85 <laughs> at 16. Uh, if we are able to win uh, this afternoon up in Winnipeg, we will uh, hit 17, which will tie us for the second longest streak with about four or five teams. And then uh, the league record is 28, 
which Ooh. is uh, crazy. Uh, amazingly enough, the Norfolk Admirals. Oh. So another Admirals team. So, um, But that was about uh, 15 years ago that they won 28 in a row. And it just seems kind of surreal to even think about that. So taking on the Moose tonight, what's the competition like? Are we getting win number 17? <laughs> well, as uh, our coach has taught me, he taught me this in the playoffs last year when I thought we were going to win the whole thing. The other team's trying to win, too. So uh, <laughs> you know, there is competition out there. Um, Manitoba, we shut them out on Saturday afternoon, and uh, I'm sure they will have a little bit of revenge in mind as we play them again today. So we'll see. John Greenberg from the Milwaukee Admirals as they go for 17 in a row. Yep. All right, so is that hang over anyone's heads? Like, Is this talked about, or is this just another day? Uh, it's you know the beautiful thing is it's just another day yeah. so that has been the mindset all along is every game is its own individual thing and the coaches keep everybody focused on that um, you can't look ahead you can't win more than one game at a time so it is I've got all the coach speak down to a science <laughs> now but um, yeah it, it really is just one game at a time we don't look ahead to Thursday as the next one it's got to take yeah, care no. of business today first what yeah. are the crowds like right now because this has just got to be electric yeah it, it's been really really fun uh, you know our long playoff run last year uh, we played all the way till June into the conference finals last year and uh, that helped us get off to a really good start this year, and that momentum and that energy in the building has continued to grow, and the uh, attendance has been fantastic, and people are, are into it for sure. And so hopefully it'll you know keep going as we get back home. What does this mean for you? Because you have lived here all your life. You've been with the ads for almost 20 years now, so this is personal as well. It is, for sure. I mean, I remember winning 13 in a row back uh just a couple of years ago, and I always tell people the one thing on my resume has been not having a championship. That's the one thing that's missing. So uh, I wish we could get one right now. Like you know, today was the last game, but we got a ways to go. And this team is pretty special. So I'm confident that we're going to have a good playoff run, and we'll see what happens. Well, you know, Vitrano on Wisconsin's Morning News has been all worked up about no free stuff. <laughs> yeah, no cheeseburgers. That's the Brewers, though. That's we, the Brewers. We're demanding thing. something free, something that the fans deserve, John. Are you working on that? We are working on that. Yes, we've been talking to some of our partners, and uh, uh, things are starting to come together. But, uh, you know, that's one thing I will not do from a superstition (laughs) perspective is say, well, geez, if we win two more, we're going to get this. So it'll just get announced after it happens. And uh, if it is what it's going to be, what I'm hearing it may be, I think it'll be fun for you. That's exciting. Oh, okay. We got a little tease there. All right. Thank you so much. John Greenberg, president of the Milwaukee Admirals. And uh, Manitoba Moose, that's who we're taking on here up in Canada. Less than two hours now. Thanks, John. Absolutely. Thank you. 12.43. Go Eds. Happening today, the Giannis Doc Drops, a documentary that we've been talking about for a couple days now. Well, today you can officially see it. On Prime Video. Yes, Amazon Prime's got it. What's the difference between a coward and a hero? It's how you deal with fear. Yes, how you deal with fear. The Giannis. Fear the deer. The Marvelous Journey documentary is now on Prime. And uh, much of the story, I think, some people may know in some fashion. We had the movie Rise, which is on Disney+. Plus. We had the book that you, you, you have leafed through. <laughs> <laughs> I am slowly making my way. It's a fascinating yeah, book, don't yeah. get me wrong. Oh, sure. I just haven't had the time to, f- to finish it all. And in the, the first movie, Rise, 
I mean, that was a great one, too, especially for families. I actually asked one of my friends, I said, hey, can I have your, your Disney account, your name and password? Because we, we, yeah. we didn't have Disney, yeah. and I thought, I don't really need Disney, uh, but I wanted to see it. So that was great. But this is a new one, Giannis, The Marvelous Journey. Mm-hmm. And what I found fascinating about this, I haven't seen it yet, but I was able to see some preview pieces of it. Um, and what's so fascinating about it is that it, it's such a reminder. I remember, I, I remember meeting him. It was like literally the day after the draft. He was in town. Wasn't it, he at the market? I feel like he was at the public market. Yeah, and I think he was at the. I saw him at Summerfest. That's where I interviewed oh, him. Oh yeah, okay. And it was like you're talking to this kid, you know, who his eyes were so wide, had no idea, towering like, over yeah, everyone, just trying to figure out and like starting to process the language, process that he was at a new place. He had none of his family there, so none of his rocks, if you will. And, and he talked about the challenge that was being an 18-year-old playing for an NBA team without a family and being in a new country. I had never left my family site before. I came here. I was 18. I had to figure everything out by myself. After practice, you know, the NBA, you, you, don't, you don't do things as a team. You know, you kind of have to practice. Everybody has their own thing, their own families. Everybody's busy. I was a kid. Yeah, so he was a kid. All his teammates are, you know, they're... Grown adults going about their way after practice or whatnot, and then here he is at home. What am I doing? But when I think about the team now, I feel like it's a little bit different, too. I mean, this is just such a fun team. Right. They're, they're, they're fun guys, and they seem to all get along for the most part. And um, So I think that's great. But basically, this this takes you from his life as a kid with his brothers selling trinkets on the streets in Greece to him becoming an international superstar right. here in Milwaukee. Yeah, it's remarkable, and I got a great. I'll finish with the uh, the the fuzzy bite, but first another somber one. This is him describing. I mean, don't forget about his family. His his father Charlie dying, Passed and, away. and him going through that process. And he talked about it very vividly in this documentary. I never heard him say this before. The door in the apartment was uh, open. Um. The apartment was open, and I just heard my mommy yelling, screaming. Someone died on the floor. I was in Greece, and uh, they his brother here. called me. He was crying, and he's, he's heavy. That's what he said. That's what exactly he said. He's heavy. He's heavy. I can't pick him up. Mm. Paramedics came. Kind of revi- tried to revive my dad, and then they looked at me, and they said, there's nothing we can do. Uh, there's nothing we can do. And they just, just took him away. So that is why when you see Giannis now, seeing the type of person he is, especially with his brothers, his wife, is a great. There's a great sound that I, I saw with his wife talking about how like Giannis spoils all the boys, spoils his kids, and yeah. she's like, "Stop spoiling them so much." And here's why he does it. He says, "I'm like Giannis, stop buying them toys. There's too many." <laughs> and he's like, "No, I enjoy buying them toys because." I didn't have a single toy when I was a kid. And it just like broke my heart, but at the same time, it makes sense. Like why he works so hard to give our kids whatever they want. <laughs> so by the That gives you anything. the goosebumps. You know what's interesting about that is, and, and they did, one of the kids just had a big birthday party. One of my girlfriends was coming from her kid's birthday party at the time, so they kind of overlapped. She yeah. took a couple pictures, and it was a, a Paw Patrol theme nice. just a huge paw patrol they had balloons everywhere i mean it was like that's that's the birthday party you want to yeah. be at for sure so yeah i mean just going all out for his kids because family means so much to him and bottom line Giannis means so much to us 
what a blast it has been over the years to not only watch him on the court. I mean, I'm a huge Bucks fan. I've been going to Bucks games since I was a kid. I'm at a lot of the games, and that's one thing. But to also just cheer on him as a person, Absolutely. we are so lucky to have him here in our community. 100% agree. She is Jessica Ty. First day on the new program, Wisconsin's Midday News. I'm Eric Bielstead in for Greg Matzik. Greg is just taking a couple of days. He'll be back on Wednesday. Coming up, Jessica... A brand new kind of, well, it's not, she's not brand new to the station, but her show is brand new. She will join us next right here on WDTMJ. Sometimes I just want to like snap my fingers. I love music so much. It's like, let me just keep on playing this for a little bit more. <laughs> I'm Jessica Ty here in Wisconsin's Midday News. This is day one of our new show. My co-host will typically be Greg Matzik. You know, Greg, he's been here at the station for, gosh, 20 years mm-hmm. now. So um, can't wait for him. He's on vacation. He had a vacation planned. And you know what? Those vacations, they are well earned. So he'll be here on Wednesday. Eric Bilstead is filling in for him. Thank you for pulling a long day oh, today. Happy to do it. Actually, it's funny. And this tells you what type of person Greg is. He called me yesterday and was like, hey, just want to make sure I checked in with you. Make sure Love you're good. That. I'm like, oh, thanks for caring about your show. <laughs> That's nice Which is me. great because I, I kind of didn't want to bother you because I knew you were on vacation. I knew you had the gala yesterday right, yeah. for JDRF, right. correct? Saturday Coming night, up. Yeah. Um, and so I thought, oh gosh, I don't want to bother this guy. He had to get uh, up for the radio.